there and thanks for tuning in to episode 14 of the Real Talks podcast. This week, I'm delighted to bring you a conversation with Kildare GA legend Dermot Erdy, who had an inter-county career that spanned across three different decades. As well as recounting some of the good and bad times in the white jersey, Dermot was open and honest about being diagnosed with testicular cancer in his early 20s. He spoke about the experience of growing up in the army and then what it was like to serve in unstable places like Bosnia and Lebanon. We spoke about the passing of his father, Dermot Sr., seven years ago, and why he felt playing for Kildare on the day of his father's funeral was the best way to honour a true Irish icon. Now the current CEO of the Gaelic Players Association, Dermot spoke about the importance of that work and why he is so passionate about bettering the lives of inter-county players, both on and off the field. My name is Alan O'Mara, and you are listening to episode 14 of the Real Talks podcast. Paddy Murray kicking it in. They need something big here. Martin Lynch trying to feed it in towards early. He's a goal chance. He's got it. Almost 33 minutes are gone. That was the something big that they were looking to try and provide. And once again, it was Martin Lynch feeding a great ally of his, Dermot Early, steaming through, beating Declan O'Keefe to it. It set the match up beautifully. Dermot, first of all, as always, thanks a million for your time for doing this. Um, everyone that we've had on the podcast is all very busy in many different ways, shapes and forms. I think I was going to start the conversation off just sort of reflecting on your own playing career. Um, something I was looking at over the last couple of days, and I suppose in terms of the longevity of it, the experience you had, and I actually stumbled across the tweet you sent out on the day that you retired. And you know, when you said you enjoyed every moment in the Calair jersey and you'll miss it. And I suppose the obvious question is, do you miss it? And how are you feeling about it now that you're at those couple of years down the line? Yeah, no, I do. I do miss it. I, I, I miss I miss those big days. Um, I miss, you know, talking out, going out, to play the game, whether that's a league match or or, or, or big championship match up in in Crow Park or, or anywhere within the country, I do I do miss that. I mean, you know, I know it can be cliched sometimes, but there is a massive pride in going out and representing your mm. county, um, and and that's what I, I I miss. I miss putting on the jersey and trying to to do my best for seventy minutes in that jersey, you know, and um, you know that feeling coming off the field that. Uh, You've given it everything. And, you know, as county players, I think we all know uh, that you're going to have more bad days than good days. Um, and it's the good days, you know, as few and far between for, for some of us as, as they were. That's, what, that's what, what makes you come back yeah. and want to keep going. But I always say that there was a huge pride in coming off the field, um, winning or losing, knowing that you'd given it everything. And that's probably the one thing that I, I, I do miss, that that just, that competition. Um, and it's hard to replace that. It's it's hard to replace it. Um, you can go back and you can, you, I played with my club for a little bit. Mm. Um, and then kind of, I suppose, just the injuries that I picked up along the way. Um, were, I, I wasn't as free uh, playing, you know, and I wasn't, I, I was still enjoying it, but I just couldn't, I couldn't get to the pitch of where I wanted to be. Um, and then, you know, uh, other things start, you know, life life takes over and work. And then, um, 
you know, uh, other opportunities as well. Um, so I, I, I still try and have that competitive, um, I, I still have that competitive streak, but it's with myself. Um, and, you know, it's it's not on the football field anymore. It's it's on a spin bike or it's on a rowing machine um, where I'll still try and beat the time I did last week or last year <laughs> or, <laughs> or three years ago. Um, but that's where I get, I get the, I get, that's where I suppose I get my fix. Mm. Um, so yeah, to answer to answer the question, yeah, I, I, I do miss it. Um, I, I miss the honour of putting on the jersey. And you mentioned, I suppose, and you mentioned two or three times there the the good days, and obviously in your earlier playing days, you come in at a time where there there was plenty of them, or mm-hmm. it was quite a vibrant time mm-hmm. in terms of Calair GA. There was the All Ireland final in nineteen ninety eight, and then the two Leinster titles as well. I suppose at that stage when you enter the fold and you're sort of, you know, you're the young going on the yeah. scene and um, probably, you know, full of energy, full of life, all yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, is are, are those the days that you, maybe you remember the most fondly? Um, it, it's funny, I, I kind of have, you know, I, I played from 97 and I retired in early 13. Mm. Uh, played my last game with Kildare in 12. Um, and, you know, my career kind of had... Uh, highs at the start and highs at the end, mm. and then it 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 probably lulled throughout the, the, the noughties yeah. um, for for a number of factors, um, injuries. Um, um, I was sick for a while, um, and then you know probably post Miko time, um, we lost a lot of those big leaders on the team, mm-hmm. um, and trying to get back up to that level. Uh, it just, just it was a struggle, and then I think other counties, namely like the likes of when you look at Armagh and Tyrone, you know Kerry, uh, and Dublin started to come to the, to, you know, to the fore there. They 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 upped it to a level, um, and probably we didn't follow suit, uh, even though we thought we were. Sure. We 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 weren't. We weren't training at that yeah. level, and then um, when Mikko or when um, Kieran McGinney came back in, I think just. He had finished playing in 07 mm. and went straight into into management with us, which was a brave call. Yeah. But he brought that, you know, that level as a player in 07, mm. brought that in to, to what it was like or, or to what was required um, as a manager. Um, we, we got it going again. And um, th- that last five years, even though we, we, we didn't win anything, um, probably five of the most enjoyable years yeah. for me because... Been extremely competitive as well. I it know it's it, not a... Yeah, I no, don't mean that's a moral pat on the back. Yeah. But you were competing, yeah. Mm. You, you know, we 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 got to quarterfinals, um, we got to a semi final, um, but we were always there thereabouts. Mm. And you know, at the start of every year, you still you were dreaming of winning yeah. All Ireland, and and you felt that that was really attainable, um, and that's why I think we, we we competed all the way up, and we didn't we didn't we didn't lift silverware. So in essence, you could say we failed mm. in that sense, and I think that hurts, you know, Kieran as well. I've gotten to know quite well over that time, you know. But I tell you where he brought us uh, and what I learned about myself as well in that period, um, you know, was probably the most enjoyable. So yeah, starting yeah. off, I won the silverware in that we we won Leinster in '98 and we won it again in 2000, and that was the last yeah. piece of silverware. Um, nationally well we won a division two in, in 10 mm. um but 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 th- that was really it um and it's funny when 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 i i came onto the panel uh in, in 1997 um it was i got my first championship 
um, run out um, on the 6th of July in, in 1997 against Meath in the 1st of three games we played in, in, against Mead in the championship and it was the day before my 19th birthday and I was still a cadet in the, in the cadet school and um, it just by chance I, I actually was talking to Mick O'Dwyer yesterday uh, just for something that, that that was down in Waterville and um, I was asking him about David Clifford and you know are Kerry going to hold on to him and yeah. hopefully we'll see him in a Kerry jersey soon and he said the exact same thing he says you know if he's young enough he's good enough and I just reminded Mikko and I was very grateful to say, Mikko, you gave me my gave you opportunity. My, my opportunity as a as a very skinny eighteen year old <laughs> uh, just just before my nineteenth birthday. Um so yeah, so from the start, like we 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 had a great manager, we had a great team back then, mm. we had some fantastic players. Um and when I look at ninety eight and, and you know I've great unbelievable memories of it. Um winning Leinster was massive because it was the first time Kildare had won it in 42 years so it was almost like we won in All-Ireland that year um, but we went on and we beat Kerry in an All-Ireland mm. semi-final and you know we had beaten Dublin Mead and Kerry the previous three All-Ireland champions all in yeah. the one year um, and probably took our, our eyes a little bit off the ball for the most important game which was Galway Yes, and Galway had an exceptional team and you know maybe we we, we just probably didn't do enough homework on them for the final and um, they caught us and they proved to be a great team they came back and they contested in Ireland Ireland in 2000 and then won another one mm-hmm. you know in 2001 so um, yeah it was uh, it was disappointing um, but it but a brilliant year um, and um, I, the next I, the following year there was no back door and the following year we played awfully in the first round and I think we probably were were, were a stronger team but just we were poor that day and awfully deserved to beat us. Um, so we had to wait again for the following year. Yeah. And um, No second chances. No second chances, you know. And uh, we, we we had some great battles against Offaly in Leinster. Uh, and then we had uh, the dubs uh, in Crow Park in the Leinster final. And um, we drew the first day. And then the second day, I think they were, they were giving us a masterclass in how to play football and we're six points up at half time and we were written off and mm. we got two goals within two minutes to start the game and one by five, you know. Um but it was Galway who caught us again on a wet day in Crow Park, um, when we were actually in the driving seat. And after that then it, it, we lost a, a lot of our leaders mm-hmm. from that team. Um Niall Buckley, Martin Lynch went away to to, to the States, I think, um and just a few normal retirements. Sure. Um and then, you know, I suppose the next big occasion for us was the Leinster final in 2002. And again, it was the opposite of what happened two years previous, where they got two goals in, in two minutes and, and killed us off. But that's sport. That's <laughs> it swings and roundabouts, roundabouts, you know. So, um, but I suppose the thing was that, you know, at the start of my career, I thought, yeah, this is the way it's going to be. Mm. That's what I was just going to ask you yeah. on that point, around, particularly when you're that younger age and you're probably, you know, a bit naive in some sense. You probably have the automatic presumption that we're going to be doing this every year. This is the way it's going to be. And I suppose from the position that you're in now, say obviously with the sense of perspective mm-hmm. that you have reflecting back, is there any sense of regret around that? It's what the lull, as you call it, in between. Mm-hmm. Not the not asking a sort of it the wise of it, but is just around that sort of. So when you look back at it as a whole, is there a, is there a sense of regret with that, or is it just? Um, 
yeah, there is. Obviously, there's a regret that, that we, we didn't win the All-Ireland. Mm. Like, that's, you know, I, I think it just came so quickly for me, you know, in my first two years we were there. Um, you know, you were in that stage where, or you were in that arena that you dreamed of as a, as a young fella that you'd been to every single mm-hmm. year wondering, just will I ever get there? And you get there, but you don't win. And uh, you say, right, I want to get back again. But for some reason, we just didn't. And you think at, at 19 or 20, you have your whole career ahead of you um, and that you will get back, but we never did. And that's kind of, that was probably hard to take. So if I was to look back on it now, you have to seize that opportunity when you're there because it, may, you know, and that's a cliche again, yeah. but it's so true that you have to, when you have that opportunity to make sure that uh, that you see it. Whenever I'm doing any of these interviews, I end up on about the 12th page of Google searches. So <laughs> if anyone has any secrets, you normally stumble across them. It's the thing that happened to you, and I don't know how comfortable you are talking about it. And you mentioned there that sort of that single-minded drive, going after all our finals, I'm in there. But does something come along to yourself that puts that into check with you? Um, yeah, <laughs> like 2002 certainly did did check it. Um, I was diagnosed at the very beginning of 2002 mm. with, with testicular cancer, um, which I think I was 23 years of age. It was a massive, massive shock. Mm. Um, and I was very lucky in, in, in the sense that um, I got it early um, and I, I had an operation very quickly to remove the cancer and... Um, I went through a period then of, of radiotherapy. Um, so that all happened between um, February and and May yeah. of, of 2002. And, and it just comes out of nowhere. Uh, it came out of nowhere. I, I was watching a, a programme. Uh, mm. I was in college down in Galway. Um, I was watching a programme on TV about, you know, checking yourself. Yeah. And I ended up checking myself right. and felt something that wasn't right, just a lump. And I said, that shouldn't be there. And... Um, Ended up going to see a doctor uh, on the Friday, um, uh, who, who 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 was actually the, the Galway team doctor for for a number of years, a lovely man, and um, he just said, "Look, I, I'll be straight up. I think that's, I think that's that's cancerous. We'll do an ultrasound." Um, this was on a Friday. We did the ultrasound, and he says, uh, "I'm going to operate on Monday." Right. I was meant Kildare were playing Sligo in uh, the league at Newbridge. Uh, I was meant to play, and this is on the Sunday. On the Sunday, yeah. one of them. I said, "Well, can I play the match on Sunday?" And he said, uh, uh, "Probably not. You know, probably probably wise you don't. You know." Um, so I had to go back and just explain to make what happened, um, and then went and got the operation yeah. on the Monday. Uh, got out of hospital on the Wednesday, and then began just that process of kind of one. It's getting my head around it because it happened so quickly, sure. and all these questions about, you know, you know, am I going to be okay down there? Um, you know, yeah. uh, will I will I will I be able to have kids? Of course. Um, you know, am I going to need chemotherapy? Mm. Um, am I going to be able to play football? Um, you know, all these things start going through your head, and um, I suppose one, the biggest supports that I had was I had great support in in, in the army at the time, mm-hmm. um, but my family as well. Sure. You know. Uh, my mom and dad and, and and all my my brothers and sisters, my friends, they were just very supportive and my teammates as well. So um, they let me off. Um, just go get yourself right. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, 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 probably a, 
a time of discovery for myself. Um, just find out, found a, a lot of, a, about myself. Um, you know that that just to suggest that you know you can you can encounter setbacks, mm. um, but anything like that you know can make you stronger. Yeah, and can 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 improve you. Yeah, and, uh, like on the back, like I suppose having mentioned say the the ninety eight final and yeah. thousand, like I said something. As a young man, you probably just naturally start feeling a bit invincible because things yeah. are going well and things are going good. And you mentioned that sort of, that sense of discovery there mm -hmm. or, or being faced by adversity, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, like, is that something that helped you learn a lot? It obviously was. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, sometimes I would have even, you know, in your early in your early days, I went, I went straight from school. I went joined the army as a cadet straight mm -hmm. away. Um, I, I probably always kind of self had a little bit of self-doubt in myself. Right. Um, you know, football almost came easy, but other areas of my life kind of, you know, you might be always, you know, I probably was a bit shy and and and, and timid even, you know. Um, and I think, you know, it took probably that incident to say, you know, uh, to, to, le to learn an awful lot yeah. about myself that, you know, I'm quite a strong person here in this sense. And no matter what's kind of thrown at me, you know, I'll get through it and I, I, I'll move on. And... You know, I think that lesson that I learned in 2002, um, you know, helped me a lot in later life, in, in other, sure. you know, certainly sporting injuries that I mm. had, um, but just life in general yeah. as well. Um, what, what I am cr really proud of, um, looking back in 2002, is, uh, you know, I, I went off and I, di I did my own thing. I, I, I used to drive myself up to the matter to get my radiotherapy. I drove mm. myself home. I, I didn't need, even though the support was sure. there and it was there whenever I needed to have the chat and whatever, but I kind of just said, right, I'm going to do this. In terms of independence. Yeah, and, and I went off and I did it myself. Right. And um, once the, the radiotherapy was, was complete, um, it was about a month of, of, of going up and down every day to mm. the matter for an hour every day. Um, you know, it, it was... It was right on my stomach, right on the on the lymph glands, because okay. that's where the cancer would would would, would move next um, if it had spread. So it did make you a bit sick, but but um, you know I was able to I was able to handle that. And um, one of the I suppose one of the proudest things about that year is that you know in my own time I went back training. So I went back training in in around May, mm -hmm. um, and I remember going for a run in the Phoenix Park. After not hadn't having done anything for about just to, just three to gallop months, on your own, just to gallop yeah. on my own, and after, you know, I used to do a three mile run quite a lot mm. uh, in there, and just again on the time, and um, you know, you'd be always on the clock to see where you got, and after a mile, I had to stop on right. this one, I had to stop and walk back. What was that like for and you? That then? was tough. Mm. And that was it. That was a tough because I realised where I was physically yeah. and where I was now. You know, I needed to work really mm -hmm. hard, but I think you know, I, I went back in and I I I started training at, um, at my own pace, um, doing a little bit of work on my own, and then I I think I, I think I played I, I played my first game about a month later against Kerry in a challenge match down in Abbeyfield, and um, you know that was the start of it. We got to a Leinster final that year. Mm. We were beaten by Kerry uh, in the qualifiers down in in Turles. And I got nominated for an all-star later on that okay. year. So I, I just, that that was a huge achievement. Absolutely. And I, I actually have that nominee. Mm. And I almost have, 
you know, that to me is, means, means that a bit more. Almost to, yeah. you know, another all star or whatever mm-hmm. that I have decided. So, no, I think that's you've made a number of really important points there. And obviously, just thanks for sharing that because mm-hmm. I know that's something that's obviously a big, big moment in your life and adversity and having to overcome different things. But you've captured a number of things really, really well there. Um, so just thank you for that. No problem. And I suppose you also, in the middle of all that, referenced the injury piece mm-hmm. again. It's something that's that's crept up in different episodes over over the mm. course of this series. I know Michael Fenley talked about it quite a lot. Yeah. Um. And you mentioned sort of that that period of time helping you, uh, deal with that. Mm. And I suppose earlier on you referenced the suppose the rejuvenation that came under Kieran when mm. he came along, but also that was at a time where your body probably was in a, at a different stage. Um. And was was that was well, obviously it was a great it was a good time for Kildare in terms of getting the energy back in and, and competing but was there frustrations within there for you as well in terms of that in terms of those injuries um, yeah well I, to be honest I I I started getting the injuries um, in, in 2003 right, right? Um, and, and it was it was again I've never pulled a muscle in my life never pulled a hamstring or anything like that but I always seem to be breaking bones right um, and, and it got to the point where I was you know, breaking metatarsals and then mm. I'd break it again. And okay. so I missed all of, of 2003 because playing f- for the college in the Sigerson game, yeah. uh, sorry, later in, 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 in late 02, playing, yeah. a, playing a, a club game, I, I broke a metatarsal um, and then I broke it again early in, 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 in 03. And uh, that that year had its own journey. Mm. Um, I mean, I can remember... Um, the uh, David Beckham and yeah, that was the World uh, Cup. That was the World it? Cup yeah. and all that, and he had broken his metatarsal. John Osborne was was chairman of of, of Kildare um, Supporters Club at the time, and between himself and and Park Nolan, they were kind of saying, right, we need to get you fixed here. So they actually sent me over to, to Manchester United, over to Carrington, right, um, to 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 get my scans looked at because mm. it wasn't healing. Um, so I ended up going over uh, in early, in, in around March of, 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 of 2003, going over to Carrington. You're in the training uh, complex? In the like, training yeah. complex. Uh, I'm meeting the, the team doctor and the team physio. How did that come about or how did, did that happen? Uh, just through a relationship right. that, 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 that uh, Michael Osborne okay. had um, um, with Alex Ferguson. Uh, again, I don't know yeah. the ins and outs. I probably you didn't, didn't care, even you think about it. Yeah, and yeah. I just wanted to get up and going over there. Sure. So I ended up going over and uh, meeting their their team doctor and their um, their their physio, and I'm sitting on a bench. And next second in walks Diego Forlan right. after training to get his ankle strapped. And you know I'm looking at him and he's looking at me. What's going you know, through your head when that's happening? It's just how surreal this yeah. was, you know. And um, <laughs> and then right at the end of that, Carlos Quiros comes in. It was the, the assistant, assistant coach, manager yeah. and uh, has a discussion in front of me about Rio Ferdinand's fitness and whether or not he's going to be able to play Champions League on Wednesday night. And the decision was, no, he's not going to play right. Champions League, but he'll be OK for uh, the Premier League uh, on, 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 the fo- on the following Saturday. And when I was home on the Wednesday, back in Galway in college, sitting down watching the Champions League, someone said, is Rio Ferdinand playing? And I said, no, he's not playing tonight, <laughs> but he'd be okay for the game on Saturday. So um, just little things like that. But to be honest, the, the, re- the funny thing was that the advice I got over there actually didn't really help at all. Right. I did what they told me to do. I went into a kind of a specially made boot. I had this ultrasound um, 
device that I had to put on it every day that was to increase the healing. And after three months, when we got the scan, I could see I was I was no expert now, but I yeah, could, see could see that it. the heal that the break hadn't hadn't mm. healed. So they took out the screw that was in there and put in another one. So right. it was a, a waste of time. Yes. It, it, but it was a it was a brilliant experience. Mm. Um, but the injuries, so I missed all of all of of, of three. Um, and and again, I had injuries. I kept. I kept breaking whether it's fingers, collarbones. Right. I just, I was just really unlucky with, mm. with injuries, um, and that all was kind of, I think that stopped me developing even more so as a footballer throughout the noughties because it was stop start. Sure. So I'd miss it. I'd miss, hard to get momentum. It was hard to get momentum. And then when, when, you know, the momentum that I really got was when Kieran came in. I got two years of proper full training mm-hmm. without without an injury, um, yeah. and and I think at that stage. Uh, personally, I felt I would have played the best football yeah. of my life, and probably I enjoyed it the most. Mm. Um, and then right up to getting injured again and, and injuring mm. injuring my knee in ten, um, which had its own journey as well. Yeah. Um, so, so like I think probably the noughties was frustrating, um, but again with the arrival of Kieran and, and and the knowledge he brought and and the whole approach with the the sports science, the conditioning, um, that opened up my eyes again and I bought really into mm. it and our team bought into it. And um, we had great camaraderie, um, you know, we're a bunch of friends trying to win in Ireland, which was, which was really special. Um, and we're still great friends, even though a lot of that team have moved on, we're still brilliant friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, under that period, then, you know, we got that run, my body felt good, it just... I was just unlucky again mm. to hurt my knee and that's the way it goes. That's sport though, you know. Sure. And right up until I, I retired, you know, everybody everyone would say, ask any sportsman, you know, how would you like to retire? And they'd say, I'd like to retire after kicking the winning score mm. uh, in the Arl Ireland and, yeah. and mock to the adoration of the crowd and that. And it doesn't <laughs> the, happen The romantic that stuff. That's the romantic mm. stuff. And, you know, y- y- you might see, okay, maybe Brian O'Driscoll got to do that. Yeah. got to wave goodbye um, because Paulie was in a gear was there a was carried off was carried stretcher, off and, and yeah. that's the reality of it um, and the reality for me was that that was the way your mm. injury finished my career and between 10 when I hurt my knee uh, and then I actually tried to play through it the whole year yeah, right up until, that, it, yeah. until it just collapsed mm. um, that uh, you know it was really a, a back injury and the funny thing was I was 34 at the time in the gym doing stuff I knew I shouldn't be doing but I felt that I needed to do it to try and compete with the younger guys that were coming right. up, even though... As in you were pushing too hard? I was probably pushing or doing the wrong exercises right. or just because one of the young lads at 23 was squatting mm-hmm. 100 kgs. I should probably be doing that at 30. And, and, and that's how I, I probably I hurt my back in the end. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it's amazing where you think you're older. Mm-hmm. You can do quite stupid things. <laughs> like, just even on that note, Dermot, in terms of, I suppose... When you have to retire, like as you said, you said yourself there, like you you didn't have choice. It was more or less that was it. I suppose again, if you wrestling the two, we'd all love to walk off waving at the crowd, you yeah. know, and everyone clapping you. And, and but I suppose with the decision more or less been taken out of your hands. Like I'm just, I'm supposed to be a little bit curious. Does that make it harder or or easier to I suppose accept that that spell of life is over? Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, and I can only answer the one way because that's mm. the one way I know. Um, it, it was harder. It was harder. Well, I, I, it was hard. Yeah, because no, I, I don't. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know what it's like the other way. Yeah. I can only imagine how you great just got it your is. experience of it. My experience yeah. is is the injury and and, but you know what? Throughout my whole life, I I always kind of any time I had an injury, I never dwelled on the injury. I never dwelled on you know I can't believe this has happened. I used to always say, right, grand, look, just tell me what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. What do I do? What do I need to do to fix it? And and that's the same even way I approached when I finished with my back. I just said, look, right, grand, let's get this sorted and then I'll I'll try and fix it. And I got back and I played with the club mm-hmm. later on that year. But the transition from playing to not playing is a tough one. Mm. Um, and I suppose, you know, you have to have something in your life that can kind of take you away Absolutely. Uh, from that and, 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 and to refocus yourself. And for me, uh, the refocus was... I was going to Lebanon with the Irish Army um, in, in November, and the pre-training for that started as soon as I could, as soon as my back was right, yeah. uh, which started in the middle of the summer. So that was a focus for me. Okay, and I'm going out here so now. You had a very for six tangible months. target, so, exactly, yeah. and 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 it, it it helped. Okay, for me in the adjustment because I had something to focus on, which was big, which was going out, uh, you know, out, out to Lebanon. Um, um, and, and again, you were going out in, in, in a leadership role where you had responsibility uh, for mm-hmm. troops, which really kind of, you know, it, it focuses you as well. I'm going to, so I'm going to leave the football stuff behind mm-hmm. now and I do want to explore the army side of your yeah. life. But just before I leave that football behind in terms of the injuries and that, I think it's probably an important question to ask. And is there any long term effects of those injuries that you had in terms of pushing your body the way you do? Like, are you inhibited through I suppose the, the trainer that tried to push yourself, be it right or wrong, as you said. Um, but is there any stuff that you know that reminds you on a daily or weekly basis? Oh yeah, every day, every day. Is it? Um, you know, there is. There, I do have. I do have legacy issues. I've, I, yeah. I have to watch my back, and I know mm. every now and then it can it can hurt. Um, and I've, you know, my knee will preclude me from. You know, you know, I can run if I mm. want to, but I, I'm going to be, be a I'm going to be sore it. for yeah. for a week. Because of it, so that's why I spin and I go on the sure. And no, the I picked because, that up a little bit. Yeah, that's why I was yeah. asking. I think the the point that I was I suppose that I was thinking when I asked that question was I suppose when we're all playing, it's we all get caught up in it, and it's just mm-hmm. okay. What's wrong with me? I need to get back here for the next game. But we spoke, we probably all shelter ourselves into that short term thinking, which again yeah. we understand. But that's why I just felt yeah. it was important to ask that question well, as well. Well, what, what what I if I was to if I was to go back now mm. and certainly on the back, like my back is actually it's it's good. It's, mm-hmm. it's and I know when it's sore, I know what to do. Yeah, uh, to get it right again. Okay. Uh, the knee is a different story, and if if like bones heal and all my bones have healed, and you know they heal stronger than than probably the way they were before. Mm-hmm. But the knee is different and yeah. um, everything kind of goes through it and you feel it in every single, you know, movement, movement or, or most movements in, in life and even leisurely taking a stroll, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the cura or, or, or playing around the golf or whatever, I'll always feel it. If I was to change one thing, uh, when, when I hurt my knee originally in 10, um, I kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept going because I, I knew the end was near. You know, I was yeah. 31 and I knew the team we had, we were capable of doing something. Okay. And I kept going. And every game I played in that championship, I did more damage. And I, 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 I came off with 10 minutes to go in all of them. Right. In all of them, just because we had won the game. Let's say, wait for the next one. And uh, in the quarterfinal then, in the first three minutes, on my own, uh, in the middle of Crow Park. That was it. it that was it. It just mm-hmm. collapsed on me. Uh, and the damage I did, 
the six months pri- pr- previous to that. And th- nobody put any pressure on me. Mm. It was my own. Sure. It was myself putting pressure on myself because I still wanted to play. And then I had a, I had a notion, I had, a, I had, a, had my own kind of, you know, dream that, yeah, you know, this is kind of the year that I think we're going to do it. We're going to go there. Yeah. And, then, and then I can retire, I can go on my own. Uh, it didn't happen that way at all. Uh, if there was one regret, I probably should have stopped then. Mm-hmm. Got it checked, got it operated on. As a result, I missed all of 11 right. anyway. Mm-hmm. Got tried to get back in 12. And at that yeah. stage, I wasn't I wasn't the player I was. Okay. Um, I said, no, I kind of spoke ins and out of football there. And you, you directly referenced the army, mm-hmm. the army there. And obviously, it has been a huge part of your yeah. life. I suppose, starting at the start, what was... What drew you towards that, I suppose, and and, and how has that how has that been as experience or life experience for you? Yeah, well, how I drew what drew me towards the army. Uh, one, growing up in Newbridge, mm. uh, you're on the edge of the corridor, um, um, which is which is um, you know the biggest biggest army army barracks and base we have in the country, um, and plus the fact that my dad my sure. dad was in it, um, and. I was in and out from a very young age, in and out of the car the whole time, uh, watching what was going on, uh, asking him what he was doing, uh, what you do today. Constantly curious yeah, about it. And, and, and when he'd tell you I was in the Glen of Amal, you know, doing an exercise, or I was in Royal Hospital Kilmainham uh, attending a ceremony, mm. um, or I, I'm training to go overseas, uh, I just was fascinated by it, or I was driving a tank, you know, all these things just you know, really fascinated me. So from an early age, I, I knew, and plus, you know, we had a great, I had a great experience as a, as a, as a, as a young person uh, when, when my dad was based in New York uh, for four years. So from nine to 13, okay. we lived out there and, and that was through the army. Mm. And I knew that chance of traveling and seeing the world was a great, was a great possibility. Um, so I, I, said right that's that's what I want and uh, applied for the cadets and um, did my leave insert and uh, in June of 96 and joined the was lucky enough to get to get in and um, started my cadet training on the 1st of October ni- in, in 1996 so went straight in straight from school um, and um, yeah it was it was a tough tough mm. two years as I said I probably was a, a shy quiet person um, and and what I think that that training does is it, it does bring you out of your shell and um, you know it gives you responsibility straight away, um, and you know you have to make sure that you you you, you, you can do your best um, that you deal with that responsibility in the best way possible when you have it. Um, so I, you know I, I learned a huge amount about about teamwork. Mm. Um, I learned about you know camaraderie. Um, I learned about leadership. Um, and you know, it was tough. There was times when it was really tough, and you you, you know you learn a lot about yourself mm. as well in that sense. And I think that set me up a little bit further on for sure. for the toughness that I would have got through through injuries and that. Um, it teaches you to be resilient, um, which are qualities that a lot of intercounty uh, players have. You know mm. that resilience; they keep coming back. Um, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. I I, I got commissioned and. In, in, in July of 1998 and um, was actually stationed up in the McKee Barracks here, so not too far from yeah. Kildare. Um, I was lucky because back then 
usually they send you as far away from your home okay. as possible for the first <laughs> couple of years. Um, Trying to get you out of your comfort uh, zone. Uh, yeah, and that's it, mm-hmm. you know. So there was always a chance of, of Donegal or, okay. or, or, or Cork or, or somewhere, you know, that was as far away from yeah. or Monaghan or wherever or Cavan, you know, there was... There was there was plenty, and all I wanted to do probably at that stage was having got into the Kildare team was, was trying to. So I was lucky enough to, I was able to get the train home mm. from McKee for training, and um, which was grand. So I, I was lucky in that sense. Yeah, heading into I suppose that army environment, I'm mm. guessing that the physical aspect of it obviously probably suited you in terms mm. of that driven mentality that, mm. that that's come across already. But I suppose as a young man in that environment, in terms of be it mental, emotional, or social environment. Mm. What is that like just out of, as a, I suppose, because during that age, everyone's going through a mm-hmm. variation of a transition. Anyway, yeah. you're either out of home, you're going to college, you're going to workplace, you're going abroad. And I suppose just in terms of that army environment, trying to get a, probably a little bit, a bit better understanding of that. Mm-hmm. What was that like as a, I suppose, as a culture, as a young man, I suppose, yeah. to, to grow up in? Yeah, no, like, it was, it was, it, it was, it was, it was difficult originally, initially because, um, Again, I, I was a quite a shy, mm. a shy young fella, um, and even my own classmates, who I'm still excellent friends with, and 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 will always be, um, often said I, I didn't speak for the first six right. weeks in there, you know. Um, but uh, you know, I think what you you do is you you learn about different people in that mm. sense, and, and you see when you're under pressure. And they put you under pressure because you're going to be under pressure in your career, and they'll purposely put you under pressure to see how you your respond. Yeah. And 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 I think when you see people under pressure, you see the true uh, person that they yeah. are, and, and and what comes out. And um, you know, I think you know, I, I was lucky with that with the people that I was in with the, my classmates, and you know, there was a culture of helping each other. So some might be good at one thing and, and another m- might might be not good at that, whether that's ironing your Yeah, with a sense of giving each other a dig out. Or 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 you're you're polishing your, your shoes or if your if your rifle shooting wasn't up to standard or if you're marching, you know, everybody would, would help each other out. I think that's a great point. You mentioned that from a young age recognizing the opportunities to travel or to see different parts of the world. Where has your army experience brought you to in terms of places? Is trying to stick out? Um, um, well, my first, my first, um, my first trip overseas. I, 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 I went overseas twice. That mm. was it. Um, and, and was that and, and football commitment as well? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and my first trip was was in '04. I, I went to Bosnia, okay. um, and obviously that was coming towards the end of 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 um, the Bosnian conflict. Sure. Well, it was it was over, and mm. obviously we had we had taken over. Um, the peacekeeping uh, in, in the peacekeeping role yeah. um it was the first e- european mission a combined european mission um it was the stable stabilization force there run by the americans so it was now europe that were taking over it um and and it was the first um i suppose combined mission in that sense um that ireland were involved in mm-hmm. um in bosnia so um yeah we were we were um I, I, again, looking forward to it. I, I worked in a multinational, you know, uh, environment, so you were working with loads of different nationalities. Um, and the one thing I suppose that I took from it was that, um, you know, even though our defence forces are, are, are small defence forces mm. uh, compared to the size uh, of others and the equipment that they have, but we're very capable. And I also found that 
other nationalities used to gravitate towards you or your colleagues um, looking for kind of Why do you think that advice. was? I, I think it's twofold. I think one, I think because I think it's our nature mm. that people um, would come to us because, you know, we seem to be inviting. And I think that's why we're so good at peacekeeping because we, we, we reassure, mm. I suppose, the local population. We're not there to do harm. We're there to keep the peace. Um, and, and, and other other colleagues um, within other defence forces, I think, could see that and they would gravitate towards okay. us. And the second point was that we were obviously English speaking. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the whole mission was towards, was it was in English. So um, they would come to you for advice on wording and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and I used to always say, um, well, look, actually, English is my second language. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an Irish. Mm-hmm. I'm an Irishman and Irish is my first language, even though I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I don't have much Irish at all. But um, yeah, so I, I think I think that's why they came to you. Okay. But they just I think they like spending time in our company. They like the way we are, mm. um, the way we 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 uh, we engage with each other. Uh, we like to have fun. Um we like to we like to to socialize as well, and I think that's that's something that they that uh, they they also found comfort in um, <laughs> when you're when you're overseas. But but it was a great experience, and um, I came home then, and obviously because so, sorry, there, how long did you say you were out? Six how long months. Six months. Six okay, months. So it's quite yeah. a it's quite a decent. Chunk it is. Of time. It's yeah. you know you think, and then there's a prep time as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a pre-deployment training which mm. can take up to. To, to three or four months as well so it's it's quite a long time and going from that space of maybe being as you said a, a shy cadet yeah. to being in a place like Bosnia obviously like that's so far out of the, that comfort zone again and what's what's the sort of what was the individual experience like out there as, like, it's, as you it's, it's funny again um, for, for me I, I think I, I grew up an awful lot there as well mm-hmm. um, I, I worked in, in in what they call the tactical operations centre Um so it, it, that was the the operations room as yeah. such. It was man twenty four seven, and he ended up doing shift work in there. And it was my job to collate all the information that was happening all around our area of responsibility, what the various different units were doing on a day to day basis, and then compile. If you were on at night time, you were compiling a brief for the morning, so you were briefing the general on what was going on for the last twelve hours and for the next twelve hours. If you were there. For the evening shift, you were compiling the daily report and okay. sending that up to the headquarters. But you were the point of contact mm. for everybody. So everything fed into you. So you were the first on. And, um, you know, it was a very a very important role. Sure. And, and uh, I think, you know, just, again, developing a confidence to be able to to brief and even mm. advise sure. uh, at certain times mm. as, to how, as to how you would do things, I think... Uh, for me, it was again. It was another massive learning experience. A learning experience, yeah. and um, again, and in my section, there was no other Irish. So, mm. I had an Austrian, I had a Portuguese, okay. a Finnish. Um, that must have really added Polish, to the experience, uh, you didn't know, it? which did. Yeah. And, and and you know, even getting to know all the different cultures and how they do things, and mm-hmm. we had themed then culture events as well okay. that just make the time, the six months, go that little mm. bit quicker. Um, you know, so you, you get to experience different cultures, and it's funny. You know, I got an email not too long ago from 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 the Austrian major who was in charge there, um, you know, which is which is which is twelve years ago. Yeah. You know, so it's it, it's nice for that. Um, but at the same time, when I was out there, um, you know, one of the things you learn in the army is it's physical fitness. It's very important. 
and 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 they encourage it because you have to be physically fit to be a soldier and mm. in the event that in a conflict to do your job. Um, so I would have trained the whole time uh, as much as possible. Um, with always in mind of coming home and getting back on the Kildare jersey and going out and playing for my county. Um, so that was always in the in, in the background as well. So every day you got into a routine and you, and you did as much training as you possibly could as well. And also with the army, I, I think it's only I think it's only right that I to do bring up your father in that yeah. capacity because he's obviously someone who's a huge role model to yourself, um, but he's also quite an iconic figure in terms of leadership from yeah. GA and the army in Ireland. And I suppose what was it like to follow in his footsteps and also have someone like that? as a role model in your, in, in your life? Yeah, I, look, I, I suppose from an early age, I kind of always knew that he was someone special, mm-hmm. um, you know, from whether that was travelling down to Roscommon and watching him play in Roscommon, uh, and the reaction that, that he would get from uh, from people that were in his company and the way he carried himself and uh, the way he had time for, for everybody. And I think, you know, people don't remember sometimes what, what you what you said or how you said it, but it's, it's how they make you feel that mm. they remember. And, and I think that was his, his real um, quality that uh, he made people feel good about themselves. You know, whether that was just having a, a cup, a chat yeah. or a handshake uh, or looking at him in the eye, like, a strong connection. Yeah. And I think that quality is what, you know, uh, you know, made him, I suppose, um, do so well in, mm. in the defence force because the troops could relate to him and he was always able to relate to them yeah. as well. Um, so he was a real man's, you know, general, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want to call it that. Um, but but having him, I suppose, um, you know, um, as, a, as, a, as a father, but also as a role model mm-hmm. as well, um, I, I was blessed in that sense. I was very lucky. Um, you know, you could always ask for that little bit of advice. Um you know the whole way up, and even in my in my in my army career, um, having him there because he had gone through it. Even on the football side of things, because mm. he'd gone through it as yeah, well. Trying to balance them it, and it, do the both. Yeah, you know, even even advice on on on, on football related okay. things like just that little couple mm. of things that he'd always pass on to you. Uh, so I, I had that from 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 his experience on the football side of it, but I also had it from his experience in the army side of it. But he never he never used. Uh, you know, um, he he never kind of made the phone call just to say, yeah, get him off that or get him. And, and it's funny, there was a, back in 06, I was actually captain of Kildare and I was going into Port Leash prison as the prison duty officer. Okay. And that in, 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 in uh, that meant that you were in there for three days on, three days off. And, you know, this was in April coming up to, coming up to, you know... Business end. Business start, really, mm-hmm. of, of, of the championship. And um, I, I I was having difficulty getting out of it. And um, all he had to do was make a phone call, but he wouldn't do wouldn't it. Do. Uh, he made me go through. Mm-hmm. And that was a lesson as well. Yeah. I learned for me. So, um, yeah, look, uh, the one thing I suppose now, um, you know, since he's seven years since he's passed mm-hmm. on, uh, it's, it's that little bits of advice. Mm-hmm. that uh, I'd miss um, because he always set you in the right direction. Never told you what to do, but he gave you that little bit of a steer, uh, as to say, and you made your own decision, but it was always... Gentle guiding it, life. It was always spot on, yeah. you know, and that's probably, you know, one of the one of the hardest things. But Sure. 
No, like, your reference is passing there. And look, for anyone that's listening that maybe isn't overly familiar, his passing obviously came way too soon. He was 62 six, years of age. Yep. Um, I know it's, I'd imagine it's a difficult thing for yourself to, to recall and think about. You went out and played the day of, of his funeral. I mm. hope you don't mind me bringing mm. it up or asking about it. But that, that must have been, I suppose, just point to the reason I do bring it up in, in terms of the, people's mental health and well-being. Yeah. Bereavement is something that we all yeah. have to deal with. Times. Yeah. None of us want it, but it mm-hmm. enters our lives at times yeah. when we don't see it coming. Yeah. I suppose, how difficult how difficult was that initial spell? Um, yeah. And like you obviously go out and make the decision to play for Calair against yeah. in the qualifiers. Yeah. It must have been a very topsy-turvy time for, um, for yourself yeah. and your family as well, obviously. It, it, it was, and, 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 you know, like, it's... We, we knew he was sick, um, and, you know, we... we he he had gone into St. Bridges Hospice there at Nakura, um, which is palliative care, really. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time when you go in there, unfortunately. And we had brought him out for, for Father's Day, brought him home mm. to have him at home, um, which was the, the Sunday before okay. we were playing. We were playing uh, Antrim on the Saturday in Newbridge. And um, he just took a turn that day and, and uh, passed away then on the Wednesday. Um and even like uh, what I, I kind of used the football as a little bit of, a, of an escape. Escape, sure. And I ended up going, I actually trained on, on Tuesday night. Mm. I just went in to Newbridge and trained with the lads on Tuesday um, and then went straight back to the to the hospice. Um, and then uh, I suppose the talk was, uh, you know, are you, you going to play this game on Saturday? And kind of had a good long think about it. And I said... Um, what's the best way to kind of honour him and uh, like would he want me to you know be be um, lying around mm. uh, or would he want me to go out and you know represent my county the best that I possibly could which is which is what he always said um, you know one of the, one of his favourite quotes was he never jumped so high he never kicked so well or he never ran so fast was when he was wearing a Roscommon jersey, you know, and uh, kind of always yeah. stayed to me and, and you know, the, rep- the importance of, of that. representation. And I said, look, the best way to honour him, and some people mm. mightn't agree with that. Some people... It's, it should have felt, it's your it, decision. It, it's, it's your a pers- decision. It was yeah. a personal thing. And, uh, you know, even for, for two hours then, I was kind of lost in, mm. you know, the ball. And, and were you able to get I, lost I in was, that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that people might say that's a bit... You know, uh, strange as no, well. Not at all. But that for two hours, I was I was able to not think about anything, but but the actual um, the ball, and and the team and the winning, and and don't get me wrong, I, I was well aware because there was a, there was a there was a there was a very unique atmosphere in Newbridge mm. that evening, and uh, a lot of my friends that were there would have would have commented on it afterwards and said it was a really. You know, there was there was a, 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 almost an energy in the air. Um, there was a huge crowd there, and there was a huge crowd for his funeral. So yeah. a lot of them had stayed mm. had stayed on for the game. Um, but no, that that was my best. That was the, the way I felt that I could mm. uh, could honour him, and it was also the way I felt of of dealing with the, the bereavement yeah. as well, and that helped me. And we didn't win it; mm. we drew with them. We went up to Antrim the following week. Uh, and we won, and that actually set off a kind of a journey that that summer um, in the qualifiers, mm. which ended up with Kildare being in an, in Ireland semi final. Um, so it, it was a it was a between everything that happened that year, it was it was a really 
it was a difficult year. I can, actually, um, I, can't even, I can only imagine, you know. But certainly it was a year that, uh, that um, I suppose, added to the development of me as well as a person as well. I think, like, there's no doubt that his legacy lives on in many different mm-hmm. ways, shapes and forms. I know there's the leadership programme yeah. involved, the GA, several different things. And look, his legacy also lives on through you in a certain mm-hmm. way as well. Um, and that's obviously something that does... I think it comes across as you speak there, it does linger with you at times and mm-hmm. you do think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it just brings, in terms of that leadership aspect, which brings you on to, I suppose, the current role where mm-hmm. you are now. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, I suppose first and foremost, making that decision to transition, take a leave of absence from the yeah. army and come in as the CEO of Gaelic Pairs Association. Where was the, where was the motivation to do that or where did that come from for you? Um, well, when I came home from Lebanon, first of all, in, 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 in 13... At 14, I came home. Again, you know, there was... You were still in that transition. Mm. Um, and I, I remember getting... Chatting to Desi Farrell. And, you know, saying, look... I suppose, you know, you're away. What's the... You can't play, so what's the next best what's thing next to best be thing? involved in? And that's, I suppose, in with the, the Gaelic players. Um, and, um, you know, just trying to understand, I suppose, the work that the GPA were doing. Mm. And then seeing the actual tangible benefits of it you know in, in players lives as well um, I got involved uh, as the president and then the opportunity arose when Desi stepped down and you know if you had asked me four years ago would I be able to do this job I probably said no mm. absolutely not um, and why I think, would you have said no I, I just felt it was it was probably um, too big of a job mm. um, too important of a job Um that, you know, there's obviously someone far more capable than me that would be able to do that. Uh, but yet, I think when you, you know, again, one of the things I suppose about developing yourself is putting yourself in somewhere where, different you're, spaces. where you're not comfortable mm. uh, and learning about yourself. And I thought of, a lot about that and I went for it. And thankfully, I was offered the opportunity. And um, again, you know, a big call about, you know, moving from from, from, was, from the Defence Forces as well. For I was very grateful that the Defence Forces gave me the opportunity to take a leave of absence and to take up this job. Um, so yeah, I I I, I haven't uh, I haven't regretted any of it. Um, if there was things that I'd do differently over the last six months, seven months mm-hmm. now, eight months actually, <laughs> you don't uh, find them ones going. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, absolutely, I, I I would. And there's there's a lot, an awful lot that I, I do differently, but it's about learning no. process. And when you're in a position um, where you're 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 representing your your intercounty mm-hmm. players, and that's not just in one particular county, you're mm-hmm. representing them sixty-seven squads. Yeah. I think that's a huge honour. Um, and I think coming from where I know what it you know takes, I suppose, to be an intercounty mm-hmm. player, and and the challenges that's that's faced uh, on a daily basis by them. Uh, whether that's in their own jobs, in their work mm. life, college, everything, it is still a challenge. Uh, I think being in a position where I understand that, um, I think that uh, I suppose we, I'm able to, to to direct the areas that uh, we can keep um, helping our, our intercounty players to to be, as they say, to be the best on the field. Yeah, and that's you know what, but also making sure that they have something. Um, to thrive on off it, mm-hmm. I suppose. You, like, so, it's, if it's eight, you're eight months into the role now, mm-hmm. and you've obviously 
had the opportunity probably to meet more players than ever before yeah, and engage yeah. with loads of different stakeholders involved in, I suppose, the whole thing that goes on around our mm-hmm. games. Has that given you, I suppose, a greater appreciation of your own playing career, first and foremost, when you're having those conversations, mm-hmm. but also um, an even deeper respect for what we have as an organisation and as a, as, a, as a playing body? Yeah, I think... Um you know, you can relate to the guys a lot, a lot, a lot easier because you've been there, mm. you've you've worn the the, t- the jersey, you've you've um, you've had the same, you know, challenges that they've had. What I would say is that even from when I finished to where the game is now, mm-hmm. I think the level of preparation, uh, the level of of demand, um, whether that's time, energy everything has increased again and you know it's our job to ensure that the, the players are not are not wanting um for, for for anything in that space you know to make sure that on the welfare side of it that you know that they get what they are uh, entitled to uh, and they get what what they require and that, whether that's around you know anti-doping education mm-hmm. training you know ensuring that we proper you know, concussion protocols, mm-hmm. um, ensuring that they get the right levels of 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 of, of nutrition, of mileage, of um, of um, of gear, of playing gear, um, to be the best that they yeah. can be. And I think that's that's something that that's just on the on the representation side of things that we're we're working very hard uh, on, and that we will continue to work very hard on over the next the next. Uh, the next number of years on that but also the other side of it is that's one area um, the other side of it is also the, the development that we talked about and mm-hmm. you know every every player is different every person is different um, you know I think in the past players might have just gotten jobs to suit their their inter-county careers yeah, because they allowed money them to in time the bank and exactly let them play. And, and they mightn't have that that job satisfaction mm-hmm. that fulfilment out of it I think we have to separate what's what happens out on the field to what happens in personal in your own personal life, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get the players to go on a journey where they'll discover themselves mm-hmm. what they want to do. Because you know your playing career can can stop at any stage; mm-hmm. it can be cut short. Um, and even know, if it runs for the entire length it can, it, it, it's still a it, short it, window in your life. You're still, you know, yeah. and you still have your whole life. So it's very important that you you find mm-hmm. something that, that you love, you know, and that you you're passionate about. Uh, you know, almost bringing that same passion to to, to your yeah. own personal life as you do to to that to that inter county hurling or football, and we have to ensure that our players um, are, 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 that we can we can provide that for mm-hmm. for our players, and that comes in a number of of different guises, whether that's education, you know, um, whether it's uh, personal development mm-hmm. coaching, whether it's business financial advice. Um, you know that's very important. We do that, but but also, I, I think we have to be there um, for the other challenges that that come up with with, with playing with playing sports at a, at a very high level, and that's pressure as well. And some people deal with pressure an awful lot different. Um, but we have to ensure that if a player is struggling in any capacity, that that we're there for them and we're there to help them through it and get out the other side. Um, and and that's very important, and that's a very important factor of what we do here as well. Over the last say the last year, um, I think we've had a lot more engagement in the number of players that are coming to us, um, because they realise the importance of, you know, 
you have an athletic identity over here mm. on this side, but you also have your own personal identity and you shouldn't be defined of what you do on a football field or a hurling field. You know, that that's one part of it. Uh, but there's so much other things and you find that, you know, what I love is meeting a new player that possibly I never, I, I hadn't met or, I hadn't met. or, or and then, you know, he tell me about his interests and mm. where he wants to go and you think, wow, you know, there's there's something totally untold there. Nobody mm. else knows, but this person has such ambition, has such ideas, um, has such energy, you know, and uh, I think we have to be there to, to ensure that that, all those, that energy, that passion gets developed and, and is channeled into something that they love doing away. And, you know, a lot of them come knowing exactly what they want to do. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. That's great. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> and if they know exactly what to do, then we'll also help them, mm. you know, in specific areas that they might need help as well. But what we are finding is I think people are realizing that, you know, the player development program is just, it's all about developing away mm. from the football and hurling field. And I, I also think people realise, our players realise as well, is that if you're right in this side, mm. you, you know, you're also right Clearly. in your sporting side as well and you'll see an increase in performance and things like that as well. So, um, uh, you know, I suppose the, the challenge for us is is obviously, you know, we'd love to get all 2,200 players to engage. Um, and that's that's the challenge is to get that message out mm. in, in, exactly what we do. Um and we're working on that, and um, you know, I think I think we have we have improved on that, but there's also a lot of a lot more improvement to to do. But we'll continue to endeavour to do that. Um, and I think another challenge is, I suppose, is is the understanding as well in the wider GA public as to what the GPA is all about. Um, I think they initially they'll think it's it's about striking and sure. turning, you know. Yeah, professional mm-hmm. and that, and that we're we're just here to, to to make noise and and to take money and to get money and it, you know it's not that it's changing. Well, so what what do you say to people who have those ideas or those or those notions around what the GPA is? What is well, I suppose the thing is 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 to look, mm-hmm. go on our website, see what we do, see our player testimonials, see how you know what what income that we get from the GA, where it exactly Where's goes. It, go, it goes directly mm-hmm. to, to, to the players. And uh, I, I would just ask them to understand first before they, they make that comment. Mm-hmm. And if they have any, you know, comments at all, they can, I'd be happily, you know, mm-hmm. w- would sit down with them and, and, and explain it uh, to them. I think we have to, we have, you know, an unbelievable, um, we've unbelievable games here, our national sport. Um, you know, we had, Ireland finals, semi-finals over the last couple of, of months, and they've been fantastic. They've been national occasions, and you know, the Ireland final was one of the most mm, intense incredible. games. It was incredible, yeah. and everybody those those players left everything out uh, on the field, um, which is what you'd ask for, you know, as a manager and what you want to do as a player. But we got to make sure that away from there, that in their own private lives, that they're they're also supported as well, because. It takes a huge amount of, of effort to get where they are and it can this side of it can be neglected. Sure. So we gotta make sure that they don't neglect this side, uh, because that won't last forever. And when it does go, uh, that they're set up on the other side and it makes that transition from playing to not playing that little bit easier. Before I get going. I just want to say a big thank you to Dermot for his time and honesty on this podcast. 
As I listened back to the conversation, I couldn't help but notice how many small nuggets of information there was in there around resilience and overcoming the adversity that enters our lives in many different ways, shapes and forms sometimes. From injuries to men's health issues, as well as the bereavement of a close loved one, this will be a real talk that I will always remember. Also just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened in to any of the 14 episodes so far. To know that this podcast has been checked out over 41,000 times in more than 80 countries is unreal. And I promise that I will keep showing you a different side to some very recognisable GA faces in the coming weeks. I hope any of you have listened to fascinating characters like Kevin McMenamin, Brendan Maher, Cora Staunton and Ushin McConville talking about life lessons, leadership, resilience and so much more. I hope that you've learned as much as I have. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it online via Facebook or Twitter or drop it into one of those annoying WhatsApp groups that you're probably in. Even better, if you're out for coffee or food with a friend, I'd love for you to use this podcast as a way to start a meaningful conversation in your own life about any of the topics that we've covered during these conversations. My name is Alan O'Mara and thank you for listening to episode 14 of the Real Talks podcast with Dermot Early. <laughs>